Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. I am here with the coach, John Brett. Man, I'm here with the vet, Mr. Ian Griffin, and we're with the kids. The kids. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be absolutely – who knows how this is going to go. we got two nervies. They don't call it nervous. They're nervy. Nervy? Uh, yeah, so I don't have a clue what's about to happen. So, me either. Uh, Gunner's been quiet. This is the quietest I've heard him, uh, like, <laughs> last year, to be honest. So, I don't know what, what's going on here. So, we got some questions. And, uh, first of all, everybody, this is Gunner right here, my son. I'm going to throw a picture up real quick. Not the picture that I originally had. He didn't want that picture up. But this is him right here with Tank. And uh, oh. I guess I think he's pimping Tank out to be like Rudolph or, or one of the reindeer or something like that. So, anyway. So, go ahead, Coach. Well, over here I have Shay yes. Schmidt. She's 22 years old in college. Dental hygienist. Smart one. I guess I'm going to call you the smart one. And we should have a picture coming up here. Yes, we got this picture right here. I don't... That was actually Shay and Sydney when I took them to New York City a couple years ago eating. Uh, we went. To, what, what play did y'all go to? Oh, uh, Wicked. Wicked. They went to saw Wicked, the play, and then we went to McGarry's. Is that yeah. what it was afterwards? Yes. And then, of course, like we have Sydney, be 18 in about two weeks, uh -oh. blows up cars. Uh, you know, doesn't tell the truth uh, when she lies and the truth's better. Great American, though. 18 almost. So let me see the next picture. This is one of my you favorites. Got a picture right here. <laughs> That's yeah. normally the way we, you know, they look at and I play a little kissy kissy. So they, there it is. They, they, they got a crazy face going on there, Coach. I don't know what that's about. And so, so that's interesting. Good. So we got some questions tonight. We said we bring the youth generation in, the future of America. So been a uh, say again. Go ahead, Coach. Oh, I'm just picking on you. Go ahead. So we got the youth going on here. Uh, you know, us right, timers so, been doing this a little while. First question. You ready? Go ahead. Yep. I'm going to ask Gunner, and then I'll go to Sydney, and then we'll go to Shay. I can't hear you. All right. Gunner, what are major issues that to you? What are some of the um, Honestly, go ahead, the teachers and don't know how to. So we think we got the question right. What's the major school issues today, right? Go ahead. Basically, that um, teachers don't yes. know how to respond Sorry. with people getting COVID, and that uh, if you get COVID and you're out for the two weeks that you're supposed to stay out, teachers don't know how to get give you your work, or if you get something sick similar to COVID, and you have to stay out before uh, while you're getting tested. That teachers don't know how to react to this and respond to this, and so you're getting behind on days, if not two weeks of work, and it just puts you and the teacher behind, and your grades will drop significantly. Okay. Wow. So we're going to throw it back over to the go, – go ahead, Coach. I'm sorry. No, that's interesting because that's true. I mean, teachers, this is something new for teachers also, uh, you know, going to pandemic right now. And you know he is right. Like my daughter here had to be tested. Now this starting to let them test on campus, but before they would have to leave, get a test. Like at our school, we have finals this week, and you can exempt them for certain like um, instances. But they're kind of, like the COVID ones. If you had COVID, they're not they're not excusing it. So like if you had COVID, you don't exempt your finals. Hmm. And I just think like that's not fair. Wow, go ahead. go ahead. More social media and their phones are such a huge distraction that in class they're not paying attention and they're not learning. So then when it comes to tests and exams and like the end 
the school is they haven't learned anything through the year and that that's just a huge distraction in class and on a daily basis. No doubt. What do you, what have you seen in school today? I would say dress code for girls because um, a lot of times they will dress and I had a hoodie on that was long enough and she made me lift it up. To show. I feel like that's an issue. You, like you, if you're covered, you shouldn't have to like uncover to show her, like what's going on. Had a principal that was pretty strict on dress code and hair code. Uh, remember that your eyebrows with our hair, earlobes and collars couldn't couldn't touch. And you know today that's just not something that they do anymore. What do you think about that, Beth? Well, back in our day. You know, uh, I had hair like this right here, you know, uh, uh, over my collar. And uh, if it touched your collar, you know, you, you, that was a no-go. It couldn't touch your collar, of course. And so that was a major issue, you know. And uh, and I was one that I couldn't stand the dress code at all. I just remember this, our, our high school graduation, you had to wear black shoes. And I wore the widest, the widest set of tennis shoes back then that I could get my, my hands on. And I pimped them things right across that stage like I own that stage. Like we talked earlier, is like I was the valedictorian, even though I was probably out of a class of 100, probably about 78 or something like that. I walked across that stage with those very proudly. Uh, I'm like, what are they going to do to me, you know? So uh, th those are kind of things that, that uh, you, when you and I were, 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 were kids, um, I will say this, when I sub, something I noticed in school that you and I didn't experience much, to be honest, was people being as tardy, like every class has a handful of tardy people, and like one, and then two, everybody's got to go to the bathroom. There's at least eight people that's got to go to the bathroom in each freaking class. And when you and I were growing up, it would be like, you freaking hold it until lunchtime, dude. You chill out, you know, and it, that's just a different mentality nowadays. I don't know what you think about that, Coach, or, you know, or ladies, what do y'all think about that? So. Well, that is one of the things. It seems like the, it seems like the teachers back when we were growing up, it seems like everybody's terrified of the school getting in trouble, getting in trouble by the parents so it's kind of like let's do the best we can without actually making them do what we want them to do and need them to do to be better prepared not only for their grades but also for what everyone has to take in texas a star test so, so yeah there's a difference when we were growing up it seemed to be more that the, the school and the teachers were in control the kids were actually in control of some of the situation so i'm going to throw the next question out there and uh, I'll start off with Sydney and then Shay and then go to Gunner. But is school bullying prevalent today? That's the question I got. Um, I would believe so. It actually happens a lot in our high school, at least, where, like, it's not the same as it used to be, like, where people are, like, going around, like, you know, beating people up just for fun. But it's just, like, people, like, use social media and, um, like, phones to cyberbully pretty much. And then sometimes it will get violent at school, but yeah, I believe it's like a big deal. I agree with Sydney. I think social media plays into it a lot because I feel like there's such a huge like persona on social media of what people should be in the way that people should be portrayed. And then in, it's not like that in real life and that kids get bullied for things like that. And then like Sydney said, it can lead to violence but I, I agree. Okay. Go ahead, Gunnar. What do you got? Um, I don't know. Yeah, like you said that it was more on social media. I, I really agree with that. And I just see it as there's no point in doing that. Like there, there's no point. And there's Instagram accounts that uh, of my school that they'll post it. You, if you're sleeping, they'll just post you. Oh, you're sleeping. Like, well, what's the big deal? So you can't even go to sleep in school anymore. Not that I slept <laughs> in school, but like you can't go to sleep in school anymore without like getting posted on this Instagram page and like kind of getting made fun of about it. And I mean, it, it's more of a joke, but some people that they post on there, they don't want to be posted. 
So yeah. Well, I need to get I need to get a personal Instagram account instead of just a coach in the vet one so I can track you there, Gunner. But let me get Sydney up here. Um, no, I our school actually has that same thing, like the sleeping accounts, but we also have one for like eating too. So like people if they're like eating in class, like what you're allowed to do, people will take pictures of you and post it. And I'm just like, Oh, so you can't do this anymore without worrying about like if someone's gonna post it online and you know, like they said they would take it down, but they don't, you know. Ben, I'm going to tell you right now, this would have been a terrible thing when we were growing up. I mean, I'm so glad we did not have social media because, I mean, we smoked. I mean, we had a smoking area at our school. People would go out and smoke. Imagine there would be a smoking page. Uh, I couldn't imagine the amount of issues that could have been between us and our parents and the community, the way that we grew up. I, I don't know how they deal with it today, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this right here is, is two things is, we got a lot of Mrs. Kravitz out there right now, you know, off of Bewitched one, or let me refer back to when it really was. We got a lot of people out there in the Gestapo days from World War II in Germany telling on everybody, apparently. And it sounds to me like they ain't got enough crap to do. And so they got to sit there and say, well, let me see who I can mess with instead of minding their own beeswax, as we always say. But uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we used to go drinking before school at times, and you know, and I'm like, geez. We had an Instagram account that'd be all over the place. And how many politicians would be politicians today? Oh my gosh, you know, and all this other stuff. Uh, yeah, I would have been so hosed. I would have never made it in the military if we had social media back then. So we'll throw it back to you, coach, and let's get on with the next subject here. Well, this is going to be pretty easy. I'm going to ask Gunner and then Shay and then Sydney. Gunner, what is your favorite subject in school and why? Um, Probably have to be history because math, once they added like number, not numbers, letters into math, I, I can't stand it. I just, it's so confusing and it's le uh, letters and shapes. However you do that shit. Yep. I'm so proud of it right now. Brings <laughs> but I, I don't know. History, it, it's very interesting on how people thought of things and what they did throughout history. And I just find that interesting to me, honestly. Say what what has been your favorite subject? Teeth. Teeth. Yes. Teeth. Oh yeah. She's her favorite subject's teeth. That's all she learns about. <laughs> teeth. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she loves her she loves going to school for a dental hygienist. I'm that's the best way to say it is teeth. Sydney? Lunch. Lunch is her favorite subject. Wow. <laughs> I thought for sure Gunner was gonna say that. Well, you'll probably get I guarantee that'll be the best grade you get this semester. Anyway, go ahead, Ian. All right. So the question I got, and uh, I'll start off with Mrs. Teeth there uh, on this one here, is uh, in your mind, did high school and is your current school uh, preparing you for the future? Um, I think that's – I would overall say no, and I say that because – like high school, I feel like I was prepared to go to college and to continue learning and be successful like academically in college, but not everybody goes to college. And so I feel like there's important things like managing money, balancing a checkbook, taxes, like all these things that are so practical in life that nothing was ever said about in high school before you go to college. And then even sometimes in college, depending on what you study or what you're doing, it's kind of like a continuation on. And so like if you're just doing basics or like a general like major, you're still just kind of taking like some of the same classes you took in high school. And I think that it doesn't really prepare you for life until you start like getting into specific classes. And still that's just like career type, but I don't think it does much for like, um, what's the word? Life itself. Like life itself, like right. how to be successful in life aside from your career. Okay, so I'm going to ask Gunner, and then I'm going to bring it back over there, all right? So go ahead, Gunner. Um, I really don't think it prepares you for anything. I mean, I'm, I don't see how I'm going to need to learn how to figure out the angles of a triangle for law or business. Now, if I start going into architecture and things like that, sure, maybe, but I don't see it unless you're going into that specific field. I don't see how certain things – a majority of school, pretty much, how most of that 
prepares you for your everyday life because I'm going to say it, probably 90% of the stuff I learn in school, I forget after the test, one, two, that I'm probably never going to use ever again. So, so I'm going to say something on that, how ironic uh, that I felt exactly the same way, son, when I was in school, is that somebody wanted me to memorize the, the, the poem Annabelle Lee. And I took my two zeros like a like a re rebellious young man would. And uh, and I, I was despised for that. And um, but I said, there is no time in my life that I will ever have to recite freaking Annabelle Lee. And she made me recite it first and I refused to. And at the end of the class, she goes in. Would you like to recite it now? I said, I know the whole dang poem, but I ain't reciting it because I'm never going to use it. I had a little attitude about that, but I'm going to throw it back over this side over here now. I would say no, because there's certain things that, like, I'm almost 18 and I haven't learned in school, like, how to be responsible with money to save up. Like, I'm just not learning that, that from him. He's helping me realize that there's, like, your first apartment, like, how to finance it, how to do all this, or, like, really anything in life. Like, they don't tell you. I have a class. It's called financial math, and it kind of helps a little bit. And they talk about, like, financing houses and, like, Pretty much like things you're gonna need to know, but like not all schools have that. Yeah. And so I feel like that's something that like we need to learn more about what we need in life and, rather than algebra. And, and I like to extend on that. That I mean, it's one of the things that I remember. We had a checkbook. We had certain things that we we learned in school. Uh, my favorite subject was home ec. I mean, it was just learning to do things you know that you're gonna get in the real world. That's one of the things I don't, I, that, I, that I wish they would teach more in the school today is prepare you because not everybody's going to college, but the ones that do go to college, a lot of them move out of, and they're getting their first apartment or they're living in the dorm and they have to learn how to manage money, money management, getting a job, how to pay your bills first and things like that. I think that they'd spend at least one semester on that and make it be a, not just an elective, but, but something they have to take. We prepare them a whole lot more than some of the crap that they're making taking like geography. Who the heck cares about geography? We're taking a whole six months for geography. Well, you're weird. But most people don't even care about geography. But money management, that would be something I think we should, we should do more of. Uh, I, I agree. I, I honestly think that like uh, uh, how, how much would we help the economy if we talk about starting like freshman year all the way through senior year, how to manage credit cards? Oh, my God. Now, credit card companies wouldn't like that too much. But just sure. think about what, what kind of foundation we would establish for America by doing that. You would probably cut a third of the credit card debt in America 20 years down the road by doing stuff like that. So, yeah, anyway. And most young adults learn about interest rates and credit card debt once they're in it. <laughs> yeah. A hard one. Right, I'm going to ask a question. What, uh, I'm going to ask Gunner first, and then I'll ask Sydney and, and Shay. Gunner, what do you want to do after school? What are your goals? Um, Go to college. I don't know what college yet, and I don't know quite yet what I want to major in, but I want to go to college. Most likely anything in the business, law area. I mean, I'm still kind of wide open about it. I just find law and business, both of them, very, very interesting. And I wouldn't mind going either way. That's great. Sydney? Um, so I know I'm kind of the same as Gunner. I don't really know what I want to do. Well, I mean, he kind of knew what he wanted to do. But I know that I'm going to go to college at TJC and maybe move to Panola after a year or two. Um, but I haven't decided what I want to do, which is bad because I am a senior in high school. But I have time. I mean, Say, what are you going to do? I think Shay already knows, but tell us, Shay. I'm going to hopefully graduate in three semesters and then hopefully start working and be done with school. As a dental hygienist. hygienist she yes. had a final day. What'd you make? 97. 97. There you go. Awesome. I like that. You know, uh, so Sydney, I'll say this is in Gunner. I don't think there's anything in the world wrong with not knowing what you want to do. Uh, I'm half through, way through my life at least. And I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. So, you know, hey, I didn't so, go to college. I mean, bet I didn't go to college. So I was forty years old. So yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do I think either. I'm gonna do that. 
<laughs> so I'm going to ask here. Uh, I'm going to start with Sydney, who's in high school, and I'm going to bounce it back to Gunner, who's in high school, and then I'm going to throw it over to Shay, who's in college, who it'll be a little bit different maybe. But do you, is cancel culture prevalent in your school? Yes, for sure. I know that um, a lot of people care about like race and stuff. And um, so if you were to say something wrong, like just like the smallest little thing, they'd be like, oh, you're racist. And then they would completely like tell everyone, oh, don't talk to that person. They're racist for like something that's not even racist, you know? And I think that that's like people being very sensitive. And um, I mean, yeah, just sensitive. A lot of sensitive people. Got a lot of those. It's a sensitive world nowadays. So, Gunner, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Go ahead. I mean, same thing. I I get called racist because I disagree with someone or I tell them no when they like tell me something. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. You know, it like I'm not this quite, but like something as stupid. Go punch the teacher. I'm not. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And they'll be like, oh, you're a racist. What? How does that have to do with anything about being racist? I think I think the term racist has become if you disagree or yes. being a coward. And uh, so with that there, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to the the, the college lady who is uh, the teeth extraordinaire Shay. So go ahead, Shay. How how's it in college? Um, I feel like I don't really experience much of that. Just because like I'm in like a program that's kind of separate, but like kind of going back to like, a, like when I was in my prereqs, probably like a year or two ago, it's kind of like, like y'all said, everything, everybody's very sensitive. And so like the professors and everybody, like they're kind of so, um, they're so aware of the like sensitivity of people. And so it's like, they're too afraid to say anything. And then they'll say like, just way too much. And then like they said, like, if you agree or disagree, people are going to come at you of, oh, you're racist or, oh, you this or, oh, you that just because you simply disagree just because people, they're too afraid to hurt people's feelings. Yeah, but we talked about this, you know, almost a year ago, you know, you used to have this open debate on college campuses and even high school campuses where, hey, you had these debates, you had difference of opinion because you were trying to figure out your own personal ideology in life. Today, to do that, to, to tread through that and you know, hill of just battlefield almost, you could get a bad reputation. You could get, you know, call certain certain names that aren't true just because you're voicing an opinion or even asking a question. I mean, I would hate to be, I hate to say it, girl, I, and, and Gunner, I'd hate to be a college student today with, with the betting minds mentality of liking to ask questions and, and debate people. I mean, dude, you know, tell them all the landmines we'd hit, we'd hit bet. So one of the things I'll say is uh, we got a guest on Arabella that popped on and she thinks that a lot of things that the counselors are lacking. I would suggest that maybe the counselors are more risk averse, to be honest, and they become like engineers instead of counselors because engineers are risk averse big time. And uh, and I think they just take the, uh, the road with less resistance instead of diving into things that where as we've been taught, friction builds traction. So if you don't have any friction, there will never be traction. So we're just spinning our wheels uh, going, oh, yeah, let's cancel this and let's cancel that. But we're not building no traction in the conversation piece. So I mean, me as a person at school, I'm very straightforward with you. If I don't like you, you will know that. I will tell you I do not care. I don't care if your feelings get hurt. I'm in debate. I argue a lot. I argue with everyone and, and about anything. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but it, it bothers me once you go, oh, you're racist, when it has nothing to do with race in any way, shape, or form. And it's just, I, I don't get why people bring race into things uh, or other things. And it's just like, that had nothing to do with what we're talking about. And I mean, I'm just a very straight up person with a lot of people. And a lot of people today can't handle that. And they get very butthurt and they don't like me and I don't care. <laughs> and, and that's one of the things that, that we've talked about, Vet, is, you know, just a few, you know, a year ago, I had a person on Facebook we talked about today is that said you had to pick a side. And if you pick the wrong side, you're going to be considered racist. And you pick the right side, you're only picking it because 
you, you want people to agree with you. And I said, no, I'm not going to pick the side and I'm, I'm going to down that hill. And I decided at that point in time that no matter what, I'm going to give my opinion and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be involved in your bullshit. And that's just the way we have to be. And I like the way Gunner said it. You know, if they like me, if they do, if they don't, you know, so what? But kids today, if they should be able to voice an opinion, have their own ideology and not be canceled and not be called phobic or, or racist. They should just be able to call by their name. And they're, that's what we used to have. And that's what we used to want. The liberal side of, of the, the talking points used to always be, we want freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Well, in the 21st century, especially in 2021, they've been canceling that. Well, so, so something I'll say, Coach, is you and I went to school around the same time. And I think you and I can look at each other in the eye and we both pretty much could sit there and honestly say, as you and I grew up, we really didn't give a flip-flop what anybody thought of us, uh, mm -hmm. that we were our own damn person. And he kind of what Gunner said, either you like me or you don't. Either way, I'm not losing sleep over it, to be quite frank. Take me as I am and because I'm not going to change so you can take me. And I think that's what every kid really needs to do, to be honest, is every kid needs to be – themselves and people will either like them by that or they might not like them as much by that. And that's okay too. So, you know, they having too many friends is a liability. Yep. All right. Great. So I've got the next question and I'm going to ask Gunner and then Shay and then Sydney Gunner. Now, what grade are you in? I'm a junior. Okay. So you've been, in, you've been in school a number of years, high school, three years now, or two and a half. What is your favorite memory so far in school? And, Pittsburgh or all over? Anywhere. I don't know. I mean, maybe Fort Bragg because PE, we used to go outside and play football. And I don't know. There, it was just fun. We just played football and everyone took it a little serious, but not too serious. And it was just fun for everyone. And yeah. There you go. Shane? Favorite memory of school? High school, I really had a lot of good memories on the bus on the way to track meets or just at the track meets with all my friends. We would just act the fool and had the time of our lives. All the excuses, trying to get out of running and all the stories we'd come up with. Those were some good memories for sure. Sydney? All right, I have two. Okay, so the number one for me was definitely when I was on drill team as a first lady, um, we went and performed at the NRG Stadium, which is like a big stadium for like bigger football. In Houston, Texas. Yes, for them. And um, <laughs> and our football team like won our playoffs there, and then we performed there. That was a really fun one for me. And then another one for me was when I was a freshman in high school when I was a track manager. We went to this track meet that was like two hours away and we rode with like the um the coaches and this isn't really like fun i guess but like it was kind of funny now that i look back it's like i didn't wear enough clothes like to like cover up and i got very very sick and on the way home i was like very sick and my coach was pretty worried about me because i was just sitting in the back like dying I went and picked her up, and she had blue lips. Well, Ben, I, I wasn't going to ask this, but I want to ask you, what is your favorite memory in school? Uh, ooh. Uh, so the first thing that pops to mind, to be honest, is uh, definitely getting in trouble, okay? <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't have told this story in front of my son, but now you got me. And uh, that was uh, gluing, super gluing the 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 me. Yeah, super gluing the desk down in Miss Carney's class, which I failed her algebra class freshman year. Super gluing her desk down the period before the end of the day when she was supposed to have a parent teacher conference that night, and we we glued super glued the back three out of sequence, and so the row went like this and this. She was so dang mad. Oh my gosh. And uh they actually when they pulled them up, it pulled the tiles up. Uh so that's <laughs> probably that's probably one of them. And I, I'll just leave it like that because uh I I'll ask you what is yours, coach? 
Mine's going to be kind of funny. Um, I had a friend of mine, you know him, Tony Williamson, that used to always, uh, we played we played basketball together. We did so many things together, but he was trying to get me to, uh, you know, I was I was two years younger than y'all, so, but I was always playing sports on varsity as a young age, so he always trying to talk me up. Well, there was this issue come up with a girl that supposedly like me that had a boyfriend, and uh, so he was telling me, hey, this guy's been talking mess about you. He's going to beat you up and all this stuff. He goes, you know, he's a big guy. You're going to have to hit him first. So we go down the hallway. And he, as he sees me, he goes, there he is. Give me your watch. So I took my watch off. He said, you got to hit him first. So I hit him, knocked him down, which was great. But when I went to jump on him, bed, I slipped. And he was one of those team roper guys that, or a team roper. And he got me in the headlock and he had, a, he had his senior ring on and was hitting him <laughs> on the forehead. So after I go to Henson, of course, Henson gives us both licks and gives us money for a coat. The next day I woke up to go to school and I went to the mirror and I had class ring all on my forehead. You can see the imprint on my forehead. So that's kind of my, maybe not my best memory, but I'm definitely not going to forget it. So all my other memories were reserved to Gunner's completely out of school before I, I, I got a lot of those. And uh, I because I need him to finish school and, uh, and we won't tell my grandkids. <laughs> So uh, I, this was, I don't know if y'all got this question, but I'm going to ask this one here is, um, and I'll start with uh, the teeth extraordinaire, Mrs. Shea, and, uh, and then I'll go to Sydney and then to Gunner. But how many schools have you been to and what has been your favorite school? <laughs> Do I have to name the schools? No. You, you, can, no, you not, can count on your toes if you need to. In here, whatever. Would you count all the elementary schools in White House a thing, or would you just call? No, White just I'd call White House just one. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I guess I would probably say White House was my favorite, just because I spent the most time there and I did the most, and that's where I a lot of my friends are from, and like even people that I'm so good friends with, that's where I met them all. So I'd probably say White House just because I made the most memories and the most friends and spent most of my time there growing up. So, okay. Oh, how many schools? Five. Five schools. Five. Okay. Um, I've gone to three schools. Um, I started off at White House after elementary, moved to Hawkins, and then for one year, and then went to Cumberland for one year, and then back to White House. So I would say my favorite would be Hawkins because I made my dad was there with me. He taught eighth grade when I was in sixth grade, and so he was like literally the whole down. I made multiple friends, um, got to do so many fun things that like. I'll never forget about. I got to go to like Dallas with for field trips and stuff. And it was just so much fun. And I'll say something bet before. One of the things I remember most about that is I didn't have babysitters at that time. And I was, I was single. So her and Austin, my son went on, they went to every football game with us on the road. They wore football jerseys and I made them carry water out on the field. Water, we made Gatorade. The track meets, basketball games, they went everywhere. So it's one year. It's kind of like a memory for all of us that we, we did a lot together. Cool, cool. So I'm gonna throw it over to you, Gunner. Did I go to a school in Kansas or not? Would you count that as a school? Yeah, you did go to school in Kansas. So Kansas, then Germany, Tennessee, yeah. North Carolina, Michigan. Well, I went to two in North Carolina. Now here, seven. I went to seven schools. Um, honestly, I didn't like much of my other schools at all, to be honest. Pittsburgh, probably going to have to be my favorite. I have the best relationship with most of my teachers. Now, some of them I don't like at all. But, hey, I mean, you're going to have those teachers. We, we all have those <laughs> teachers, you know. So, what about you, yeah. Coach? I, I'll ask you on that. Um, how many well, be honest with you, I went to two schools. I started, well, I'd say three. I started kindergarten at Pittsburgh Baptist. That was where kindergarten was. And, and then I went all the way through to the fifth grade. And my mom moved me to Scottsdale, Arizona, to Navajo Middle School for one semester. And then back to Pittsburgh for one year. Then I moved in with my dad in Dangerfield for six months. So I went to Dangerfield. And then all of high school back at Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, to me, was the greatest little city and the greatest country in the world. I would go. I would I could snap a finger and go back to my junior or senior year. I'd do it in a second. It's how great it was. 
classroom? Yeah, well. <laughs> so for me, I went to P. Wallace and Mount Pleasant kindergarten, and I think like a week in first grade, and then I moved to Pittsburgh, and I stayed in Pittsburgh the whole time. And uh, Pittsburgh was great. If I was to go back, the school couldn't handle me. Uh, I can say that I would be off the chain. I would be a, a bigger smart ass than I was back then. I would be cocky yeah. and arrogant in the ways that I wasn't back then. I would gotten a lot more fights in high school uh, than I did. And uh, that, that would just know in life, you know? So anyway, well, and, so I agree because, and I agree because back then we got a lot of spanking. We got a lot of licks and coaches, teachers, principals would whoop your butt in the hallway. They just need a witness to be the next teacher. With not getting that kind of punishment today, Vet, I tell you right now, there's no telling what I would do. Uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, I as I I did four four days of subbing different throughout a couple of weeks, and as I did that, I mean, I was just like, "Oh, young man, you just don't know how quick I could snap your head off right now." But I'll <laughs> let you be. Uh, oh my goodness, you don't know what you're messing with. But oh my goodness, yeah. So go ahead, Coach. All right. Well, I think we want to switch over a little bit to some Christmas thoughts. And, you know, this time of the year with the family, it's uh, I love Christmas around our house. It's exciting. The presents, the touch. We already got in trouble. I mean, we came home. Did we have a text or was we it? Had we had a text. Do not be shaking. the. the no, what it was, was no fondling of the presents this year, everyone. When I heard fondling, I got I got a little upset. Vent. I'm like, why can't I? Fond oh, that's the presents. Never mind. I thought I was I thought I was through fondling for the rest of the year. You're anyway, done. you're done. You're canceled. You're done. You're canceled. I'm canceled. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna ask Gunner first, and I'll get with these girls. What is? And I, I really have been thinking about this. I really want to hear Gunner's because, like you said, he's lived so many places, been living, you know, outside the country. What is your favorite Christmas memory, and where was it? Um, it was Kansas, and it was the youngest, like the youngest earliest age memory I have and it was me getting my car's blanket that I still have even though it's like has holes in it I, I was like maybe two I, it has holes in it for my dogs and everything but I remember that and uh, I think it was a train that there was a train I remember that and that's like the earliest memory that I can remember going back and it, it was I think it was Christmas time because I think that's when I got the blanket. And that's, I don't know, that's just my earliest memory. So that's great. Shay? I kind of have two. One from when I was really young, and it might be a little blurry, but I remember when we lived up in New York, we would have Christmas morning like at the house. Like we had a big log cabin. And so I remember I, I grew up riding and loving horses. And so I got a truck and trailer for um, Christmas one year. And I would, I drug that thing around the house so many times. And I used to love going over to uh, my mom's parents' house on the holidays with all my cousins. And then probably um, one of my other memories that might be one of my favorites was here in Tyler. I got a Boston Terrier puppy from Santa Claus one year and she was my best friend. That was a great Christmas morning. Yes, Noel. Yeah, we miss her. Yeah. See it? Okay, mine would be, d don't get mad, it wasn't at this house, but um, it was in a different state. Um, so I would probably have to say, not who it was with, but like just like the fact that like I went, I got to go to Oklahoma two years in a row, and I went last year, and I think last year was like the most fun I had, because like we did so many things. We, I think we left Christmas, day, no, we left the day before Christmas, because I remember I wasn't here. Yeah. And um, we left like at 4 a.m. and went, we drove down there. And it was just a really fun experience being in Oklahoma. I don't know why, but it was. Beth, go ahead and tell me yours and I'll give you mine. So, mine, uh, I got a couple, and but I'm going to just say one. But probably uh, my fondest Christmas memory, to be honest. I got one with my mom and I got one with my kids in Germany. And both of those were in Germany. But really, my fondest Christmas memory is. Um, not with my family. It's kind of strange. It was uh, in Desert Storm. We drove for 30-something hours is what we call as a, a Ford Element advance party. You go before the company. You go set everything up Ford out in the desert. And so we were tasked to do that. We were doing it on Christmas Eve. 
And, uh, and in the desert, as everybody knows, the temperature will drop 40 to 50 degrees when the sun goes down. And so we finally get to our destination. Don't know how we found it. We're out there at two in the morning. It's freaking frigid. It was after Christmas Eve. We, the, the lieutenant goes, hey, guys, there's only like 20 of us. He goes, we pitch this tent. We'll get this pot belly stove in here and we'll warm everybody up. And as we did all that, we sat down on some cots in there. We was about to get some shut eye. And he goes, hey, fellas, would you mind if I read you the Christmas story from the Bible? Mm. And we all sat there and we were just like, dang right. Dang right. We're in the Middle East where all this happened. Read that bad boy. We want to hear it. And, you know, it was the most peaceful thing that I probably encountered. It just it was just a somber mood. And so that's probably one of my one of my most treasured memories. And it didn't have any of my family with me, but it put us all at ease while we were away from our family, not knowing what was going to happen to us after that. You go ahead, Coach. I want to hear yours. Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, Gunner made me think about uh, I mean, one of my earliest memories. Is, you know, people have said they've seen Bigfoot. Some said they've seen the Loch Ness Monster. Some even said that they see ghosts. But John Brent saw Santa Claus. And I remember being in my mom's house, my mom and dad's house, and they were when they were still married. So I was somewhere around six or seven, maybe eight years old. And I knew it was Christmas, and I woke up. And I pulled my head away from the covers and Santa Claus was standing in my room, leaned up against my chest of drawers, <laughs> watching me sleep. Now, I've had many friends tell me it could have been a pedophile, could have been, you know, your dad, your father, <laughs> could have been whatever. But I'm telling you that Santa is real. And he came in my room that time. And that's my earliest memory of Santa Claus. I'm just saying. Uh, my fondest memory of Christmas is always going to my grandparents' house in Dallas because all of my cousins that were about my age go to Mama and Papa's house. And, you know, the, the women were always in the in, in the kitchen cooking. The guys were always sitting around the table watching the football game. And, and you know, it was just like that's what it felt like, what family, what Christmas was supposed to be about, just getting the family together and everybody seeing the new shoes or playing with the new football that they got that morning. And so, you know, that that's kind of what I remember. Well, go I'll, I'll, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, um, I totally forgot about that. But when we would go over to his grandparents' house, like closer to like the end of their life, that sounds terrible, but we would go down there with my grandmother, his mom, and we would just have so much fun. Like I'd help cook in the kitchen. I would like help do like just like so much fun stuff and just staying at that house was always fun. And I, I totally forgot about that. It slipped my mind. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was, she reminded me. I used to do a lot of uh, baking around the Chris, like around Christmas time with my mom, and then my dad's mom. She taught me how to bake a lot when I was younger. I do want to ask you this because you were in Germany. Do you remember being in Germany at Christmas? Uh, not like especially Christmas. I mean, I I have memories of Germany. But it's mostly of driving to school because that's we had a really long drive to get to school. I think it was at least like 20 minutes or 20 to 40, something between there. And at school, that's most of my memories in Germany. And that we had a massive house. It wasn't big ranch style. It was massive. And that, <laughs> that's my memories. And that we every year we go on a walk. Um. I forgot when, but it's Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, something like that. And uh, we go on a walk, and one of my siblings always has to go do something. They left the stove on. They forgot their wallet. They they got to use the bathroom. So, And when we come back from the walk, you know, uh, presents are under the tree. I don't know how they got there. But, man, mm, yeah, I got you. <laughs> so, so I will say this, Coach, is uh, another memory – now, we had Tom Kerr on several times, and when we was in Germany before this one was born, we we made a deal that I would go over to the Krupp's house, and he had little ones, and I would come up there, and I would dress up as Santa and go to the door, and um, and I would give him presents. So I did that, and then I would leave, and then I would show up, and I would put the Santa suit in my car, and Tom Krupp would go, hey, guys. I got a phone call from work. I got to go to work. I'll see y'all later. And he would leave 
And then we would leave about 15 minutes later and go to my house. And Tom Krupp was there. So we drove up. I had four Griffin kids. We're in Germany. And I got these big old bay windows in the in the, the downstairs when we was there. And I bought the kids a drum set. And as we pull up, the lights are on in the house. And there's Santa, Tom Krupp, playing the drums downstairs in the thing. And I got this big old band. And as I pull up, my kids were you know, like in the age of 12 to six or something like that, they bust out of the van and go, oh, my God, there's Santa. Tom goes out of the door and he goes, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, Griffin kids. And they go, let's get him. And they take off after him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tom Crump called me later. He said, "In." I ran freaking three blocks. They were in dead sprint after me, man. He goes, I ran so fast in my life. And that was like one of the coolest things ever, you know. It's just a good memory. So anyway. All right. Next question. I'm going to ask Gunner, and then I'm going to bring it to Sydney and then to Shay, and then we'll talk about it too. But I, I kind of like this. What is the coolest thing, Gunner, that you've done so far in your life? The coolest thing. Could it be the coolest thing I've seen? Could be. If that, it's going to be going to the Eiffel Tower at night. And I'm scared of heights, but for me, that was a very calming and relaxing just experience, just looking over everything, seeing the lights everywhere. Like, it's not pitch black, but it's pretty dark. And, you know, I'm, I'm really scared of heights as a person. Like, if you put me on top of my house, which, you know, the Eiffel Tower is way bigger than that. If you put me on top of my house, I'm going to be scared. So I find that as something cool and, I don't know, just one of the best things I've done. I think I'm going to outdo all of y'all here. Just saying. Um, so right before COVID hit, I was a first lady on drill team and – we traveled to Hawaii and we did so many cool things, but the coolest thing we did while we were there is we got to perform at Pearl Harbor. And that was something that I just think is so freaking cool because like who in their life can say, Oh, I danced at Pearl Harbor, like with a team, like perform there, like on the ship, on the ship. Yeah. Yes. Like, and you, we got a tour before too. And we, we, it was all kinds of fun. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I think shaking out do you because she's been to Pat Mahomes house. Party with Pat Mahomes. Limo with is, Pat Mahomes. Party with Pat. Okay, my bad. That's true. Pearl Harbor is a lot better. Okay, my bad. Shay, Historically. Go ahead. Um. Well, I guess you. I guess you were right on that. I don't know what I've done. That's cool. Hmm. You were born. I. <laughs> I showed horses for a long, like a huge part of my life, probably until I was about a freshman in college. So I used to show horses all over the country. Um, I also, I ran for the state of Texas. I was on the team for Texas and I went and competed against all the other states in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that was really neat because we were put on teams, uh, like relay teams of people that we had never met that were just in like different parts of the state. And it was like, you met them, you practice handoffs and then y'all ran together. And so wow. that was really neat. And I enjoyed that. Um, there you go. Go ahead, Vet. Cool. Oh, man. So uh, I got a lot of them, you know, but I'm going to say probably one of the coolest things that I've ever done is uh, is drive the most dangerous highways in the world. And I owned that mother flipper and I felt like I was the baddest thing out there. And uh, I knew it. They knew it. We all knew it. And uh, I wasn't afraid of a dang thing. Uh, now, leading up to it, I was. But second I got in that vehicle and drove, I was like, these are my guys, and we'll kick your ass. And we knew that. That was probably one of the coolest things. Uh, rappelling out of a freaking helicopter at the age of 44. Not rappelling. Let me take that back. Fast roping, where there ain't nothing holding you on. It's just you sliding down as fast as you can at about 150 feet. was pretty cool. And then the other thing I'll say, and I'm going to say this kind of male chauvinist type thing here, going to the Moulin Rouge with my wife and wow. seeing all those young ladies up there. Felt pretty proud of myself right then. I say that. So anyway, go ahead, coach. Oh man. I've done so I mean, I have done so many things in my life. I've been so blessed. Um, 
a couple that stand out for me uh, being a lifelong Cowboys fan. Uh, when I was growing up, I was in the punt, pass, and kick, and I won the the one the, in Dangerfield, and then I went to a regionals. I think it was in Mineola, and I won, and they I got to go to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium and, and do the punt, pass, and kick at halftime of a Cowboy game. So at that time in my life, I was probably 10 or 11 years old. That was huge for me. And then when I was older, I played in a lot of bands and we play a lot of clubs and we play some outdoor events every once in a while. But we were given a call one day and said, hey, can y'all come this weekend? Because somebody's going to be playing in Terrell at Lee Silver Fox and they need somebody to open for them. And I said, look, we already have a gig. And they said, yeah, but it's going to be someone that you've probably heard of. I said, what do you mean? They said, Mark Chestnut needs somebody to open up for him. So we went from performing in front of about 200, maybe wow. 250 people to about 3,000 people. And I remember walking out and on the stage and my hands were shaking, trying to put the cord into my guitar. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this has gotten real quick. So that, I mean, there's so many more. I've been so blessed. Linda and I going up, I have to say this. So Linda and I got to go to New York. I got to go. Linda was born in New York, but she was born in western New York around Buffalo, New York area and East Aurora. But she had never gone to New York City. So when we got together uh, about four, about three and a half, four years ago, we decided that we were going to drive up. And we went to New York City. And her um, her cousin met us and said, hey, I'm going to take you out to a place to go drink. We're not just going to drink at this bar. And it's called, the three, I think it's the 313th Street Rooftop Bar. And it's about a block away from the uh, Empire State Building. So you're on top of this huge building that's about 70 stories up, overlooking the whole city, and as it's getting dark and all the lights are coming on. So I have to say that was probably an, an amazing, coolest thing I've ever done there, one of them. That's cool. That's cool. More. Oh, uh, Gunner's got one more. Hold I on. got one more. Ooh. And I met Blake Griffin when he was on the Detroit Pistons and uh, Andre Drummond, and that scared me because their, their forearm – is bigger than my both my thighs, both my calves, both my biceps, both of his biceps combined. They're just their forearm. Like they could grasp that. I, I understand how they can grasp that basketball and just move around with it. And I'm just like, y'all are really big people for no reason. Yeah, yeah, that got to be yeah, that happened to me too. One time when I was in Dallas, I worked at a place that was on the same street as the, the Dallas Mavericks practice facility. And one time I walked into a place on the corner where every once in a while you'd see some Dallas Cowboys eaters come Nate's Seafood. And I walked in there at lunch and I was waiting for a table and Dirk Nowitzki walked in. And I realized that my six, three and a half self, how short I really was because his the, the extension of his forearms, how long it was, was about as long as my leg. I've never seen – he was, you know, what, seven foot one. But then you realize when you see somebody on TV, it's totally different than when you walk up beside him. So so I'll say a couple things here. Is Gunner, uh, he was an honorary captain for the Detroit Pistons, so he got to be on the court and meet them all. And then I will say also, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, where we went to Germany, the Kitskin area right next to it was Wurzburg, where we trolled around there. That's where he's from, which was like – from Pittsburgh to Mount Pleasant. And another thing I'll say, Coach, a lot of people in this generation don't know this, but your punk pat and kick, that was a huge thing when we were kids. That was like on – you saw that between every game. And yeah. uh, and uh, that's that's a thing that's kind of faded away a lot as of now. But that was huge when you and I were kids. We was like, man, if I could just get on the punt pass and kick, you know, that would be so cool. So, man, that's cool as heck. So I'm going to ask this question, and I'm going to start off with the with the young college lady, Shay, and I'm going to go to Sydney, and then I'm going to go back to Gunner. But what do you expect, and it can be two years, it can be 20 years, the future has in store for you? Um, hope, I, hopefully I'll graduate. I'm not hopefully, I will. I'll graduate, and then – um, I want to obviously start working and then get married, have a family, travel. Great kids. And I'm going to get a puppy when I graduate. How, how are you getting a puppy? My oh, house warming gift. Oh, man. That's, that's a whole lot of responsibility there. Ooh. Now, um, she's going to have the grandkids for the family. I'm not going to be doing that. I do want to get graduate. <laughs> high school and college, have a good career, um, get married, 
and um, no grandkids, but I will have grand dogs. Mm. I'll have a few of those, like two or three. Grand, grand dogs. dogs. I definitely want to travel before grandkids come along. Travel I definitely want to travel though. I, I agree with that. Travel, travel your rump off. Go see everything you can see while you can, while you're young, and enjoy it and such. Because traveling don't get easier as you get older. I can say that. So I'm gonna throw it over to you, Gunner. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm gonna get through high school, obviously. I think I'm gonna do fine in college. I mean, I don't think I'm gonna drop out or fail, but I mean, I think I'm just going to go through college. I want to have a life. I don't care how I live lead it, like while I'm working. But once I retire, I want to have a nice house, like a ranch, like a ranch. I literally just want to have a ranch, have some farm animals, just retire by myself. Well, obviously with the wife and have a couple kids, goats, pigs, cows, dogs. And yeah. Hey, I want to live on land. Me too. I don't want to live in a city. Yeah. I don't do all that. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with the city while I'm working, but like Not after I'm done working. Yeah. Say it again, Gunner. Like I'm fine living in a city while I'm working in an apartment. That doesn't bother me. But like once I'm done working, I want to just mm. be by myself. And my plan is to retire early, a little bit earlier than him. And I think I could do it with what I want in my life. And if I save right, and I, if I spend my money on certain things right, and how I have my life planned out, I think I can do it. So, Coach, where are you going to be at in 20 years? Well, I'll probably be maggot food, but, you know, probably get long gone dead maggot food, but, you know. But I, will, I wanted to go back to one thing is when I remember leaving high school, what did I want to do? You wanted to do, you, you kind of knew, but my thought was get out of the country. I just wanted to go to the city. And so I graduated on a Friday and moved to Dallas on a Sunday and wanted to just be in the city. And now that I'm back in the country, I can't even imagine living in the city. So for the next 20 years, we built the, the most beautiful dream home. I have, I have an amazing family. Uh, it's like, it's every single day around here. It's happiness. I mean, I drop two or three tears a week because I'm so freaking happy with my life now in 20 years. I hope I'm at the same exact house. I'm hope I'm retired and, you know, just traveling. And one of the, one of the things that I've, that we didn't talk about around Christmas time is a couple of years ago, I took these girls to New York city just to go shopping. I would love for that to be some kind of tradition that we continue doing as a family, just every other year, just, or every year or every other year, just, Head to New York City to shop the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, just something traditions, you know, uh, family. That's what I look at, Bet. Well, I will say this is I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of high school. It took me a year and a half before I went to the Army. And uh, and that just kind of – that was kind of luck. Uh, I wanted to work on cars, and that's all I gave a crap about. And I wanted to work for, like, build dragsters. And uh, and I wanted to open up my own shop and – and all that and have a couple of them. And uh, so that didn't pan out. But for me in 20 years, I'm hope I'm still alive and outlive my parents, uh, my natural parents. One, two, I'm uh, I may be in a wheelchair, but I'll be chasing the, house, the wife around the house in a wheelchair. And that, that's a-okay with me, to be honest. So yeah. uh, my wife chases me all the time. I can't even keep her hands off of me. So I understand that. You're a lucky man. You're a lucky man there, John Brent. Lucky man. Lucky man. Oh, I'm getting a real so, good look right now. So I think I think we covered it all here. And so yeah. I think we gotta we gotta put it up in there, something like this right here, and get ready to kick it to the curbs. Anybody got any last words before we do it? What do you want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? No, you're not gonna I already it. got my gift. Oh, I got, got a, a new car. car. Yeah. Say, you're not getting one now. A few oh. months early. There you go. All right. Anything you want for Christmas? Forza Horizon 5. Okay. So I don't know what that is, but a racing game. A racing game. All right. So yeah. I'm going to say from the coach and to the bed. We're going to stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. Uh -huh.